This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. Would someone over the age of 40 join the cult at, or was it always young? Did they have a demographic? Definitely younger people were, were hooked in in a different way. You know, I joined when I was 27. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Natalie, what do I do? (laughs) I hope it's giddy giddy. Where do you guys live? We're in Vancouver now. We're moving to Atlanta, where I'm from, in August. Hi. 
Hi. They're going to eat peaches in Georgia. That's so nice. You're moving. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and terrifying. Really? Well, Canada's not the place to be right now. You know, we really took a step down over the past few years. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we could do a whole podcast with you just on that. Never mind the cult shit. If you want to. <laughs> or yeah. we could talk about the culty no, shit. No, it's culty. It's culty. <laughs> Canada's got its own little cult. We so just spent like about. 40 minutes w- while we were waiting for lunch that we never got, but looking mm-hmm. over all of the stories and the, you know, God, okay, well, first of all, welcome if you're Thank not you. sure Thank you. these two people are. Um, why don't you two introduce yourselves, what you're best known for, but we're on the same network of podcaster and so here we go. I love it. I love that you guys are in your car right now. That's so it's so brilliant. Sarah, Sarah, we need to upgrade. <laughs> I don't We're know actually, if ACAST will like that, you guys, since we don't even, we use an iPhone still to this day. So here you go. Amazing. Well, I'm, we're actually in the same apartment, but this is my sound booth because I do also do voiceover, but uh, Nippy's in the living room and this is the best we got. But I like the car thing. I think that might be I like to fun. sit on the floor, stretch mm. out a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's innovative. It's an innovative podcasting move, evidently. Okay. Oh, well, now you're, well, now you're sharing hacks. So if I could uh, sit on the floor in my car. Good luck with that. I you don't have know. to crawl the seats down. <laughs> And by the way, guys, uh, we just have to say, like, in prepping for this and catching up, like, your your range of content was so, so wide. I was like, okay, Nippy, get ready. We got, like, anal leakage over here. And then we also have, like, dealing with toxic masculinity and spirituality and being the best mom you can be. All in one. Both in my wheelhouse. I was just like, this is amazing. Um, And I hope we can impart some wisdom. I love that you did research and you did a whole range of, uh, you, you deep dived on us. Yeah, we're crazy. Yes. Yeah. It's not, it's not I a love normal it. trajectory over here. We're humans with social interests in everybody and everything. Well, what I realized is that because generally I'm only listening to cult content to prep for our podcast, I was like, I need to listen to some more parenting stuff. Like I, I am neglecting my children. So wow. <laughs> I'm glad I found you because I need to like, you know, brush up. I have two boys. Like you guys, we have two beautiful. I'll be happy to know that in the last podcast, our recommendation is to be a 50% parent. Oh, okay. What does that, what does that mean? I'll I'll listen to your podcast. Yeah. There we go. So introduce yourself guys. Oh yeah. Sorry. I I digress. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I'm Sarah Edmondson. This is my handsome husband, Anthony. Everyone calls him nippy Ames. You can ask him about that later if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, we met in what we thought was a personal development program And there was lots of great things that happened there, community, a lot of personal awareness, a lot of growth. um, And eventually we realized that it wasn't that. It was actually a cult led by a sociopathic, narcissistic, sex-addicted douchebag, in my opinion. And um, when we figured that out, we realized we had to leave. And then we quickly realized that we couldn't just leave. We had to save our friends that were in it and then also bring the thing down. And we became whistleblowers. We're, I was on the cover of the New York Times because I was branded with the leader's initials, although I didn't know that's what it was. I got it. And then it's we so were, interesting you're saying yeah. this so casually because as so oh, many of us are so living, because so many people would, you probably have said this so many times mm-hmm. that it's like, just, it's like, it's like for you, it's like, it's just, it's part of just what we do. It's just, this is what, this is what happened. And now I have initials and I was in a cult and we got yeah. married and now we're out. And I was a whistleblower on the New York times, <sighs> and, but there's so much more like, you know, as two moms sitting here and even hearing the beginning of that story, 
you know, so much of you is like, obviously how, like, you know, because so much of what we try to do as parents, as you know, is Mm -hmm. understand how can we help them not do this? And you obviously didn't know you were in it until you were really in it, which sounds so confusing. And then you're not having been in it and you're both in it. And then, so first question, how are you now? Like, so everyone Uh, knows that we're not just taking you out of a place and throwing you on a podcast. No, I appreciate that. And we're actually very much out of the trauma. And and I do say it casually now because I can, but there was a time when I was in deep PTSD and not doing well, but we've been out for five years. Uh, coming up on our five-year freedom anniversary in end of May. and June, June 1st. June 1st, yep. Um, but we're, you know, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'll let you answer it. But, like, I, I feel like I've gone through a lot of changes since we left. Um, but now we're, you know, we're we're out of it. We're, we're, I wouldn't say I'm totally healed. I think there's still things that bring up certain traumatic things. But we can talk about it and talking to other whistleblowers and other experts and from from other cults has been really cathartic for us uh, because, you know, if I had heard any of these things or even seen a documentary like The Vow or Wild Wild Country or all these things that are out there right now, I wouldn't have even joined uh, Nexium or it was mm-hmm. called Executive Success Programs when hey, we joined. Sarah, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Yep. Sorry. Yep. I'm getting a blip from you. Can you make oh. sure your phone's off or the Wi-Fi? Yeah, my phone's off. Or some windows, <laughs> windows are closed? Yeah, I'm, I'm off and okay. everything. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe it's and just so you know, our listeners are so versed in everything from children to dogs to <laughs> bad sound that they are so, that's actually, they, we live life and they live it with us and that we podcast wherever we are and they are so accepting of how we do it. So Good. any stresses, don't worry about it. There's an interruption, no stress over here. Okay. Amazing. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Long and short of it, I think we're, I think we're doing okay. I mean, it's, this is sort of, we've embraced that this is our, our lane to be, you know, to, to continue to shine light on these things. That's why we're still talking about it. Most of the people who left with us went and hid under a rock and pretended that it never happened. And, and and honestly, many of them have gone on to join other toxic things because they never processed that they were in a cult or could even admit that because it's too shameful. So much shame around that. Um, okay. So that I have to ask when yeah. you say they join other toxic things. And when you, you know, you said you're doing, you, there's all these things, uh, to listening to podcasts about cults. Are there cults among us right now? Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many. There's a lot. <laughs> the, or I guarantee you there's one. I guarantee you there's a little bit culty. Abusing yeah. power and all that stuff. So there's for sure, whether it be your yoga class or something like that, that it's not the yoga that's the problem. It's, it's the teacher. The, it's the person who's abusing power. Yeah. And what does that, okay, as a parent now, yes. like I really do bring it back to being a parent because I think we can all understand what does, because teachers, I'm assuming, could be in the realm of an abuse of power. Like, right? Yeah. Like, when, I can what, give this, I can break this down, I think, into a simple soundbite. Thank you. Um, so when someone has an authority in something, traditionally it's earned. Right. Like you recognize them as someone who's an authority uh, in, in a, whatever domain, like a police means. officer. Right. And you okay, OK, we'll use police officer. It's perfect. So a police officer has gone through that we've deemed as a society certain training rites of passage that have earned them authority when something happens. Right. That's the power and that's the domain that they have their power in. Right. When they abuse their power, it's when they basically take that power and put it into something that's not under the parameters of definition that we've all agreed upon. Right. And sometimes we don't know that. Right. So 
a person, say, in a police department trying to console you and getting involved in your life and then starting to be an authority in another domain, say your emotional world or something like that, is outside his pay grade and outside his purview that we've deemed as a society what he's earned, right? So that would be someone abusing their power. Um, similarly, like you say, you have a politician who has an office and the guise of the office is that he is to serve that office, which serves the people. Once the office starts serve him and his interest, that's the abuse of power. And this goes on in every domains and people don't necessarily know what it is. So say a teacher in school, you see it going on in America right now, sitting three to five year old kids down and starting to talk to them about sex. That's not what I sign my kid up for. I want them to learn, read and write. If they start talking about gender and all that stuff like that, that is outside. Even if, even if it's a, a conversation that I agree to, I don't think my kindergarten teacher is qualified to talk about sex with my three to five year old kid. That's an abuse of power and some, someone or some power or entity is informing that. And that's the things that I feel like my situation has allowed me to identify um, because of my experiences. And I try to stay in that lane because I feel like I can quantify those terms and point out where this person, whether intentionally, which is scary, is abusing that power or unaware and unintentionally abusing that power. I find most people in their lives will unintentionally abuse their power. Right. And then they'll okay. get, they'll get something that self-corrects and they'll go, Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. And that's okay. life. But then there's people who recognize I see a vulnerability in you. I see a domain. I see an area in you that I can take without consent, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I can manipulate you and I'm doing it with my mind and I'm consciously doing it. And those are the people I think that can accelerate through hierarchies and domains intentionally because they find the areas of vulnerability in the hierarchies. We've yet to, in our culture, come up with a hierarchy that's not vulnerable to abuses of power. It, it happens everywhere. Right? So it's so, happens everywhere. Manipulation. It's a manipulation yes. of yes. what, basically it's mass manipulation. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Nat. What did your um, teacher, leader, the head of, what did he want from everyone? Well, the, uh, other with than everything, power. sex. And I mean, literally, literally he was like every power, other. Power, sex, and money. Power, sex, and money. It all comes down to the same thing. Normally it comes and, down to that. And listen, when you said, is there cults in our neighborhood or whatever? Absolutely. If you think of, if you go to like a yoga studio and you go in there and you're saying, back to what Nippy was saying, there's an authority. Oh, you're the teacher. You're going to teach me these things. And they're teaching you how to do yoga. And next thing you know, they're, they're instructing you about like how really you might want to become a, you know, a teacher trainer and it's going to cost X amount of money. And you may want to consider like taking a, a vow of like celibacy while you get connected with, like they start advising you on things that are just not appropriate. And this, mm-hmm. this kind of thing happens everywhere. And we, you know, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have even signed up, let alone stayed on the first day of my training, but I didn't have those. I didn't have that template of what the red flags look like for what abuses so, of power look like. Abuse of power. Cause some people are going to be like, Oh my God, I just go, I just go to yoga to go to yoga. Right. So <laughs> in terms of like an abuse of power, does, is there a time when it becomes like a, a cult? Like, does it have to be sexual? Mon- is there an exchange of something or is it just an ideology? Like, or is it just bit, yeah. the way I know you're saying it's what an abuse of power, but like, sure. Who would get a? When can we call it a cult? Yes. Well, this is a great question. Something we talk about a lot in our pod is, and we we follow a certain a model called the Bite Model, which is it was made up by this guy named Stephen Hassan, and he's sort of like one of the one of the experts in our in the field. And he talks about this continuum where there's things that the leader or the leadership of the organization can do on this continuum that make it more or less what we call culty or like a destructive cult, like in our cult, branding the leaders initials on women's crotches. Yeah, yeah. Very bad, very destructive. Whereas maybe like CrossFit over on this side of the spectrum isn't a cult, but they do culty shit. Like they, you know, they they make people feel bad if they don't show up. They have special names for the leaders that imply that they're like superhuman and and aren't actually like indicative of what the person can do. And everything in between. So our, you know, what our, what our journey has been is not to say like, that's a cult and that's a cult and that's a cult, but like, what are they doing in the group that's not good or that's destructive or is manipulative or, um, and there's like a checklist. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit, it's called the bite model. So it's how they control your behavior, their information, their thoughts, and their emotions. 
So a lot of these groups, you know, for us, depending on how close you were to the leader or not, and one of the reasons that we got out and were able to talk to you about this is that we weren't that close to the leader. And we didn't move to Albany, thank God. And we, you know, I, we stayed in Vancouver and kind of, even though it was our lives in many ways and we used the tools and all that stuff, we weren't all in. Like we didn't, we weren't, I wasn't part of the harem. You know, I wasn't, you know, all that so stuff. Sarah, so, this is a yeah. really, so, okay, we talked about sex, power, and money, but <clears throat> nippy. If I call you that, what yeah. mm-hmm. you, as a man, what was your like allure? Mm-hmm. Because obviously, why would he want men in the cult or or like or understanding the cult and and how how do you trust a man in the cult? You know what I mean? Like how do you even Sarah? Like how do they you wanted know, him? Like, they wanted him for his money. They wanted him for his, for his money, and also like he, he was an Ivy League grad. And he's like, you know, not bad to look at. Right. So here's this like handsome, this young, athletic, (laughs) um, strong man in the cult. It was good. It was a good optics for them to have Nippy at the front of the class being like, hey, welcome. My name is Anthony. Like I went to Brown University. I used to play college quarterback. Like they need that. They they need other. They need a man. Right. Yeah. It makes it look we were totally used as front people to make it valid, to make it normal, to make it attractive to people. Oh, like, and not, not even us. Like we had a lot of a B less actors that we were like, Oh, so-and-so is in it. You know, when Allison Mack joined, like so-and-so from Smallville state, like it's gotta be good. Like, and, and it was, it was hip and it was cool. That's, you know, leveraging people's trust and people's like, if I had met you 10 years ago, I, I want to be like, ladies, like, this is the thing that you need to do to really uh, like when I heard you with Gabby Bernstein, all that kind of stuff, all the kind of same tools for self-development, self-awareness. That's the stuff that we were teaching. It's good tools, right? On the outside. It just wasn't, it was, yeah. Those were great teeth. things to help people transcend the weird stuff. Yeah. So I would have been was like the weird stuff though for the men, for the men, because obviously the sex, the brand, well, like, did men get branded? Or no, 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 no. no. I mean, but listen, but the it, sex was behind closed doors. We didn't know about it until yeah. the end. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It we wasn't, found out a lot about it at, when the trial started. Um, but yeah. to answer your question, it was a goals program. And for me, like, you know, I, that that's my wheelhouse. I, I loved all that stuff. I mean, in order to be good at anything, you have to have a structure, you have to have a next step. And I got pretty proficient in teaching the goals lab. So for me, it was like, if you guys came to one of our trainings, you would be in one of our goals labs if you signed up and i would be working with you weekly on your next steps with your goals and then figuring out what the missing resource every week was. And that was pretty much my hard hat. I'd show up, put that on, help people with that. And I'd, I'd peace out. I didn't really have um, to get like in the nitty gritty of it. No, but no, that's how these cults work. That's there's where, a, a you know, anything outside. around Keith was where the ultimate abuse was. And I was, it's predominantly emotional. So, you know, you can get a sense of people's understanding of a problem with the questions that they ask. And I find that a lot of the people around Keith um, were abused emotionally for a long period of time. Leader, Just for people who didn't, right. don't know, he was the one who originated Yes. The entire, the entire thing. Keith yeah. Ranieri, who we, who we called Vanguard, which should have been a, a huge yeah, red like flag right from the beginning. Things that indoctrinate you are the things that is where the, was, is actually where the abuse starts. I, I think that you, it sounds like, cause you're saying it sounds so crazy, but the thing is I, I know so many people who go into things and they're like, Oh, I know it sounds crazy, but then they, you can justify what sounds, what sounds crazy. Like we went to a comedian recently, um, 
Sebastian? Sebastian. And he basically was saying to like, you know, 20,000 people, he's like, for two years, you all sat in your house and listened to every, nobody did. Like, no one questioned the power of like, what's going on? Everyone, all you Canadians just sat there and, you know, don't go outside. Okay, we won't go outside. Like, so when you really begin to break down, like, we'll look back at certain things and be like, I can't believe that happened. You know, we did that. And I guess if you are someone who... How can you question when you when you say it's weird in hindsight, would you now be like, listen to what this is weird and yes. like really evaluate it? You know what I'm yes. trying to say? Like, can I can I do yes. this one? Yeah. yeah. Well, ju- just to say that right at the beginning of our very first five day, they said to us, you're here to grow. You're here to learn. I just spent two thousand dollars for a five day training. You want to get your money's worth. You're going to feel uncomfortable when you can. Conf- if you've ever been in therapy or counseling, it's uncomfortable when someone's giving you feedback and you're looking at your shit. Right. So you're going to want to leave. You're going to want to stuff it down with a muffin and coffee at the break. You're going to want to get out of here. We're just asking you to stay. And there's truth in that, right? Like to, you know, no pain, no gain. You got to override your discomfort. But we also had an intuitive, I had intuitive feeling on day one that something was off. It wasn't right. There was weird stuff. We had to wear sashes. We're calling this leader a vanguard who I'd never met. The leader training on the videos had huge bushy eyebrows. It was very distracting. Like I was really not okay with a number of things, but I'm like, okay, I said I would write it out and I will. And that was the beginning of me dismantling my inner guidance system and my morality and my, um, my intuition. And I've taken me years to sh- start trusting that again. And I think that that would be one of my very most important pieces of advice. If something is saying to you, this isn't right and get out, even if people that you love and trust are doing it, which is why I stayed. I'm like the person I really respected said, write it out, wait till day three, not knowing that it takes three days to indoctrinate someone into a new belief system. Oh, three days. Yes. If you're open and you're focused and you're there, you can totally fuck with people's heads on a very deep level. Sorry. What were you going to say? Yeah. So it's frightening. Yes. It's really, really frightening. So I, you know, you need to understand that the people facilitating this know that. So when they're inviting you, they're invite, and they understand that there's people at varying degrees in case by case. I was this guy the first time. I was arms folded, whatever. I was a little bit more difficult to indoctrinate um, because they didn't find my thing. In fact, I was involved for a year and a half, and then I left. I was out, and they they called me to they called me to come back and work on a film. Oh, so they, okay. So they so dangled I- my goals in front of me. The film who, that never got made, by the way. It, it got, never got made. <laughs> yeah. How far, uh, like, how? who knows what's going, because you guys said you didn't even know what was going on until the trial came out. When do you, when, uh, who knows what's, how high up is it that they know, like, who gets pervy to know what's really going on? Like, who's well, making here's, all the money? Here's the really clever thing. Really all the, the in, inner circle. Yeah. And here's the clever thing. If you two have been abused and you've been violated, Right you're not really going to own that once you come to the awareness that that's what happened because a lot of it's humiliating. So you need to protect yourself, your ego, your pride. And so what keeps a lot of this in place is even if you do have certain doubts, you've been in so long and abused so long that you have to reconcile your delusion. And that takes a certain kind of person, right? We have people that come out in our podcast and our platform right now who recognized after 40 years right? This has happened even 10 years that they were abused, but that's when they're ready to reconcile it. Never mind. So, the, when the way how you're talking mm-hmm. reminds me of, I just watched the, um, the Netflix on the vegan. 
We, she yeah. was one of our guests. Yeah. We yes. Just the way how you're talking, how it's like she was so far in and she was like, well, I can't, I believe for so long I, I, that would be questioning my own self. So I just, right. I just kept going. It's a, right. she, she's a great example. And, you know, we've become close in this whole process because even though it's a completely different experience, the, the con is the same. And the, mm-hmm. the processes of manipulation are the same and the lies are the same. So I get it. And I also have great empathy for her to, you know, that yes. she tried, tried to put herself out there and warn other people and make it educational. And, and, she, and, and a lot of and people don't get it. still getting shit. And I think it's an important point because we have an ecosystem out there that supports this behavior. And when someone comes out to call it out, they don't know what they're looking at. So they shame the person. Mm-hmm. And they shame yeah. the victim. And that's the thing that I think our podcast and podcasts like this are trying to change the perspective of because the person who gets abused shouldn't be shamed. The person doing the abusing needs to be called out. But because there's so many people and there's such an ecosystem to support this behavior for whatever reasons, and we can get into that some other time, um, you don't have the requisite empathy to usher these people articulate the abuses. And I think if people really start to identify what these abuses look like and sound like a lot of Mm -hmm. heads are going to roll in a lot of very powerful positions. And that's kind of what I think personally, you see all this toxic climate that's going on right now. A lot of people are scrambling for power in the name of unity right now and, Mm -hmm. and and further doing a lot of the abuses that we went through because I recognize them right now. I see them right now. I see them going on the going on in the polarities of the political spectrum. People want power. They want money and they're willing to abuse their power in order to do it. So when you pick up your history book, what are you reading about? You're reading about psychopaths who tried to take over another country like that is technically when we pick up our history books, the pattern of behavior that we all now have the eyes to recognize. We don't recognize that we're still in the behavior right now. Oh, yeah. The thing that's so crazy is that like I mean, I her and I was thinking about her partner and then and then Keith, like one person can do so like it can be. I mean, first of all, how do you get like that? Who are your parents? Like, how did you become a person like that? That's a whole Mm -hmm. thing. But Mm -hmm. but like these people, it's like. What's the appeal to him? What, who was, who was, I, I can, I'll drawing. tell you what, can I answer, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you like, what they have going for them. They know what it's like to be you, to have a conscience. They don't have the conscience. So they have okay. a whole series of spectrum of options of doing behaviors that you can't imagine them to do. You would never imagine them lying like that. Then you they would never dangle what it. you want in front of you, Right. And just promise would, it. Uh, would someone over the age of 40 join the cult at, or was it always young? Did they have a demographic? Def- definitely younger Great people yeah. were, were hooked in in a different way. You know, I joined when I was 27. I left when I was four, just turned 40. So my whole 30s was spent there. But a lot of the women that stayed and the women that really got hooked into his inner, inner circle, we call the harem because they were having sex with him, which we found out later. They were all found quite young, end of the teens, early 20s, before they had a sense of self or identity. How many yeah. of those were there? I mean, we, we counted I mean, it's a lot. like, like, oh, like up to years. 100 over, over yeah, a lot. But, but at any given time, depending on who was in Albany, he had access to like 10 to 20 women in a night, like that were at, sort of on call for him, that were part of, and then maybe like 10 that were part of the core inner circle that had been with him. For some of them, their whole life. There's one woman who was in her 60s when we, when this all fell apart and had only ever been with him. 
Oh my God, Hugh Hefner was definitely a cult leader. Yeah, I oh, say for, that. Sure. for sure. Oh, 100%. Like, and we like, we, we like oh idolize him. Again. And I was like, he is a full cult leader. Oh, like, yeah. I know. We want to do an episode on that. We're trying to figure out how to reach Holly Madison. <laughs> yes. Today. Yeah. I, 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 you know, so many people, it's just like because it, it happens, like at what so you're sitting there, you two, mm-hmm. in 40 years old, at what point yes. do you begin to be like, I'm in a cult or is it a slow realization of you being tired of like recruiting people to make money? Like what is, yeah. There there were so many things and this is something, a metaphor that we hear like in every episode and we interview other people is that it's not one thing. It's many things over the years, something happens and you're like, wait, did she just no?" And then you like, you can't reconcile and you put it on what we call like the metaphorical shelf. You know, like there was times when I saw Keith with women around him and then I'd be like, is he, and we'd nip, you know, be like, there's no way, like, he's a, he's like an acting as a therapist. He's like these person's mentor. That'd be totally inappropriate. And also he's like, not attractive. Like we just couldn't even yeah. like, it's like you had the Your thought. I couldn't go there. You no. were like, not a chance, not a chance. You put it on the shelf. That's exactly then, what I said. <laughs> yeah. Not a chance. <laughs> and no, you, the reason I say that is because I yeah. feel like a lot of people who are sexually abused <clears throat> in their inner circle who know them are like, not a chance. They would never do that to the child or to, like it's like they know it but the, not a chance is what com- what you're saying is not a chance and i yeah. think that actual that is- phrase i used <laughs> yeah you yeah. just you just can't wrap your head around it. and then other things like you know there was problems with the company the way it was run we didn't get paid for certain things and and also there was this whole this whole community um sort of there was gaslighting that went on from the beginning that anytime you had a, like a complaint or a concern it was always thrown back to you as you know, your issue or something that you needed to work on. So if I was like, um, you know, I'd really love to get paid out for this training that I just filled. And then they'd come back to me like that. I'm being entitled. And then I really need to work on my entitlement. And because of the structure we've agreed to participate in where there's a hierarchy and there's someone that knows more than me. And because they're, they're, they're the authority, they're seeing something that I can't. So I have to accept things, even if I disagree with it. And there's no way out of that. Did you make money? Like, were you able to make a living? Like, are you I, I actually did make a living. I, I, for the middle part of my time there, I made a very good living. I was a rare person. Most people didn't. I was used actually as the poster child because I went from like an actress living in a basement suite to owning my first condo in Olympic Village in Vancouver. And so people would always be like, the leadership would use me as like, if Sarah can do it, anyone can do it. But I and you, and you get paid to sell the course. You can, yeah. I got. I was a salesperson, so I was basically producing the trainings, filling the trainings, teaching the trainings. You know, flying people out from New York to to run it. You know, organizing catering it was a full, like I I did make money. I also worked really really hard. Like I was never. I never stopped. A, did you have a life outside yeah. of this? Like, did you get I, to date? Did you get to really. go? Like, did they like, drink on Friday night? No, not really. Dr- drinking was not encouraged because, you know, if, if you're an enlightened being or evolved being, you don't need anything from the outside world to feel good. Um, needless to say, I did compensate for that pretty hard as soon as I left. But we were, you know, we had a life in terms of I lived in Vancouver. I never moved to Albany because I just hated it there. I didn't yeah. really understand why, but I think intuitively I was like, Ugh, like I just didn't didn't resonate with me. Um, something that I got shit for too. Like they would say things like, you know, Sarah, your, your, um, attachment to materialism is going to get in the way of your personal development. And so, so I felt guilty about it, but I also was like, yeah, but I like, I'm not leaving my condo to go, go live in some shit box in Albany. Yeah. So, just, and again, yeah. it's case by case, yeah. you know, I mean, to answer your question earlier, I think is a, is a point I want to make. 
Um, there's a book Yanya Lalich wrote called Take Back Your Life. And in it, um, they give like eight ways people are susceptible. And mine particularly was moral injury. So I was in there because I thought this was <clears throat> important to build a better world. We had a lot of people working in that direction. So for me to leave, in spite of all my grievances, would be me turning my back on my principles, if that makes sense. So That's that how they set it up. That was a hard thing for me to do. I didn't. I was like, I found something I'd put a lot of time and energy into. I was building it. And for me to just turn my back on it because I wasn't getting paid or just the, all the, the list of things I had a problem with was hard. Once I saw that this wasn't that, all that shit just was like, boom, it was a, it was a moment, right? But I had pl- plenty of reasons to leave. And in fact, Sarah and I have talked about this. We were also at a point where we were helping other people achieve their goals that weren't entirely in the organization. So if you came and took classes in the organization, you could get a lot out of it because you were getting coaching. And, but if you made the organization your life is when your life started to go the other direction. Right. So we were already pursuing and producing other things that we wanted to do. Cause Sarah and I were like, what about our goals? Were you two together at the time in the call yeah. together? Yeah. We, we met there. We met yeah. there. I was, with I feel like else. that's so dangerous for them. If you two yeah, are well, together, like, they tried to break us up. Yeah. I mean, I was going to yeah. say that'd be very scary to have two people in there together. Yeah. No, they, th- that's one of the things like in answer to one of your earlier questions about like how, you know, what are the abuses of power? When people come into a group like this, the first goal of the leadership is to isolate them from the outside world and to make them yeah. as insular as possible so that they can't have any, dip- and no one on the outside, like some friend being like, whoa, what are you doing? Wait, what do you, wh- wh- like someone to call them out? Cause Sarma didn't have that, the bad vegan. Right. She had no <clears> good friend. Cause she, even though she was social at her restaurant, she had no close, like you guys are best buds. If one of you, if one of you started giving 10 grand to somebody you'd never met, be- met before. I tried to go you, to a thing and I was like, you're not doing that. Like that's yeah, weird. You I need mean, also, people like, had, like cosmetics, but I'm like, fuck no, we don't do that. Natalie. We no, had good, we had no. good family support too. For the most part. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I have a friend in Toronto who called me the other day and she's like, can you check out this thing? She's, and she's a, she's a therapist. She's like, a friend just invited me to this thing. Does it look a little bit culty? I hate to ask you. I'm sure you get asked all the time. I'm like, I don't mind. And I looked at it. I was like, immediately, like, do not go to this thing. Like, just on the website, there were so many red flags. And I, c- I can spot them now and I can share that. But I was able to say as a friend, don't do that. And we had people around us that would joke like, oh, Sarah's in her cult. And like, I'm going to go shave your head. I'm like, yeah, shaving my head. I'm a cult. Like, we, jo- we joked about that. It was, if it's a cult, it's a cult of happy, successful people. Like, what's the bad thing? There's right. nothing were bad you, going on. Were you together when Sarah got branded? Yeah. Yes. And that was not a red flag. Like, was that like, no, that he was didn't it. see it. He that didn't was, see that it. Was it. Yeah. yeah. That, that was it. I kept it that from him it. for six weeks because he was in New York and we were trying to like wean our, our toddler. I, I breastfed for a really long time. That's a separate story. You may or may not want to cut that. So I was, we're sleeping in separate beds so I could like not be with him. And then, you know, he, I had like a towel around me when I got out of the shower. So I was supposed to keep it from him as long as possible. So it would heal. I don't know what they were thinking that Nippy wouldn't freak out, but he, yeah, was, I don't, but we were still to together. Day, I just yeah. don't know. Like they're just delusional. I mean, yeah, narcissists I are delusional, yeah. well, but what well, they that's what happens with. ultimately when they lose touch with reality. It's like, it ultimately ends up spiraling into a Jim's Jonestown thing. You guys know because what Jim Jones, the word, the, the Jonestown the word massacre. Kool-Aid. Actually, it's what, the right. What is it called? They were drinking. Yeah, it's basically one of the most famous cults in the seventies. It ended up in group suicide and they were forced to drink poisoned cyanide yeah. That's what these guys get because there's no outside person feeding them intel 
It's the emperor with no clothes kind of thing. They just think that you it always it. derails. And you freaked out. That's when you were like, fuck this. You no, just did that to my... It, it was a whole a little, process. It's a little bit more complicated than that. There's a lot of things that happen, but basically I... It wasn't actually the branding that woke me up. It was finding out that the the symbol was not a symbol for the elements as I'd been told. It was the it was lead, the leader's initials because it's it's a it's in a monogram. Like you can see it now now that you know. Like if you look it up on the internet, it's very obvious it's a K and an R. But it, you have to look in the mirror and onto your head to the side to see the K. Like he hit it. He hit it on purpose. Wow. <clears throat> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, wow. fig- so yeah. fi- figuring out that and then also that he's not who he says he is. And that was through a conversation I had through the person who brought me in, Mark Vicente. Um, and we he, he had heard that there was a women's group in Albany and that one of the assignments that had been given was to go seduce Keith and have sex with Keith. And I, I hadn't had that assignment, but I had been branded. So we basically shared the information we had, which is, by the way, one of the things cult leaders do really well is they silo people. So no, not everyone knows what everyone else is doing. If you, had the, if you saw what everyone else is doing, you'd have the full picture. But you need yeah. to tri- triangulate, too. Triangulated, keeping people, keeping, having people keep secrets, you know. And so, you know, I, I had some of my best friends... Were, had been with him for a decade. And I just thought they were single because they were working on their emotional issues. And this is like the woman who married us was that, with Keith. And you, and, and, and she was not allowed to tell you. No, she wasn't allowed to tell me. And I was just like, well, you should get a boyfriend. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, she's like, I'm no, still working on my thing. relationship issues. And like, well, if we had known okay. that we wouldn't have been involved. We'd have been like, what's going on here? How, co- how can, right. how do you justify that? So they had to hide things in the name of. So how did it all, uh, you guys are, whistleblowers so how did it all end i i mean it's it's a it's a long series of things it's i actually wrote a book that's about on it your as, podcast it's I'm on sure. the podcast well it's in the doc it's, it's in, in the, the documentary on called the vow i'll send you guys yep. a copy if you'd like but the, it's sort yeah. of the, the, the most exciting part <laughs> reads like a crime novel because you know a lot of things happen you said like what were the like how'd you wake up 
So I'm, you know, I get branded and I'm part of the secret women's group. That's like kind of exciting at first. And then it gets really weird. And then Lauren, the woman I was just telling you about, tells me that I need to give more collateral to stay in. In fact, I have to give collateral every month for the rest of my life. And she asks me for the deed to my home, this, this condo that I'm in right now, just to hold, just to hold, to make sure I keep my accuracy. And then, so that from that point on, I'm like spinning, trying to figure out how to get out of it. Mark Vicente leaves. Um, we start sharing information. We realize that Keith is a sociopath. And then immediately it's like, we have to get out. So I get, I actually had Nippy tell Mark about the branding because I'd made a vow of secrecy. No, Mark, tell me. Sorry. I had Mark tell Nippy about the branding because I was too afraid to tell him not so much about Nippy freaking out, but because I had taken a vow of, se of secrecy and I was, they had collateral on me that they were going to release if I broke my vow. Now I don't give a shit. Obviously I'm talking about it all the time, but in, at that frame of time of my life, I couldn't tell anybody. Yes. Nippy freaked out. He was not upset with me. Thank goodness. Because many men probably would have been, yeah, but he, thank he, God. he, yes, no, he, he instantly. No, saw, I know him. Well, I mean, was, he, he, saw, I did, he saw, I did the math pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. And obviously I wouldn't have chosen to have Keith's initials on my body and, oh. you know, and anyway, so we, we decided to leave and we had been told by someone else who had left, um, earlier that before us, like, if you leave one of these things, you can't just be like, you know, Hey, you guys are a call. I'm out of here because they, they'd been incredibly litigious to everyone else who'd left before us. And we knew that we were going to go down the same, the same road. So we had to leave on good terms. People who left, people could leave Nexium. They just had to leave on good terms and sign left, stuff and sign staff saying like, I'm leaving on good terms. I'm not going to sue you. I'm handing over all my <clears> materials. Like, bye guys. Thank you. So <laughs> If you left on bad terms, they'd sue you. Oh and yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they, they try they, shit. Sometimes they, they, they did all sorts. It would scare you with what yeah. they could do. Yeah. yeah, but many of the people who left and were loud about it got dragged through the legal system for for in one case over a decade. Like they were really ruthless. And Keith had access to unlimited funds through the Bronfmans, the heiresses, um, who but sidebar he lost sixty five million dollars of their money on margin. Is that right, Nip? Sixty five. Yeah, he invested on margin, and then the margin calls came, and he had to pay sixty five million, and the Bronfmans yeah. paid it. The Bronfmans paid it. So he he had access to all these funds. He had so many lawyers, and he just be he would just sick them on different people who were leaving, and we'd seen that. So, what are the Bronfmans like now? Like what what's their Claire's in, one's Claire's in, jail. in jail for six almost seven years. Yeah, she got more and time than the leaders. Sara is in Portugal because you can't extradite from Portugal. Um, but Sara, why did they give them money? Just because they got con too. They, they look, got con too. Look, they got enrolled into this. We're building humanity, and we can put our money towards building humanity, which in a lot of ways uh, validated the organization because people were yeah. in the organization, and we felt like, oh, well, we're actually doing something. We have resources to do it, and we had pretty influential people to do it and aligned with like the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama endorsed them. So Richard to, Branson, so, <laughs> we, so we heard. To, to think that, you know, it was rotten in the, in the inner workings of it, it. It was dismissed because so many people had validated it. So the questioning that had gone on earlier on was we stopped questioning. We trusted yep. it. Yeah. Y'all. <laughs> I, there, I, I feel like we could have a four-hour podcast, and that's why you guys have a whole podcast <clears> on it. 
I think that the, I mean, number one, the conversation is just so important to have. I feel like it should be a conversation part of life that what is it called? What does it look like? What does it mean? Especially because I have so many people in their early twenties. I remember like everyone being like, I don't know where I belong. I don't know where I fit. I don't know what I want to do. And they're, they're so looking for a place of belonging. Yeah. And that's when you all, that's actually actually some of the, one of the most important talking points I have, and this is actually highlighted in a book called cultish by Amanda Montel, which we love. And she talks, it really, it's emotional for me because it it validated really what was at the root of even why I joined in the first place is exactly what you said. It's community belonging, meaning, um, feeling like there's more, like I was an actor doing beer commercials. Like what, like, that's not, that's not meaningful to me. I, purpose, right? Purpose. purpose. I was told, I was, when I joined and for many years, like, this is my purpose is to help people. Now helping people still is my purpose. It's just not an axiom and we get to do it in our podcast. And that's still meaningful to me. My values haven't changed. It's just the, 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 the uh, modality is different. Modality is different. And um, you know, we bet on the wrong horse. We, we, and, and well, that's, or- you've learned a ton and now you're here like there's yes. got to be a, I, I there's got to be a reason it can't just be for not right oh, like for sure I, I, uh, it has to be me that's that's how I've had to wrap my head around it because it, otherwise you know yeah for sure and, and there's a ca- like, there's sorry no go ahead there's a caveat to, to what we're saying it's yes it's important to know this and and what cults look like but I think if you can get your head around the fact that the abuses of power that go on in cults aren't proprietary to cults. They're everywhere, yeah. right? And the cults just have a different way of doing it, but the process is the same. A big level, yeah. Right, I, and, I, I, yeah. And, and we were in talks. I really think this there should be a curriculum on this in school. Um, and it, it might, you can put it on the umbrella of abuses of power, and you can maybe have a segment on how cults do it, how Government. political parties do it, how... <laughs> You know, all, you know, different domains, but the through line is how the abuses of power happen. And if you can do that and you educate a populace on it, it makes it very difficult for these people to thrive because then you can call them out on it. And then if you're able to do that, you can actually take some of the documents that we've had through history that in terms of, you know, having governments come in, like, I think if you have the constitution, and good people upholding it and not abusing power, it's a document that we can all follow and thrive with, right? But because there's so many domains and areas that are vulnerable to these abuses of power, it's able to get away with it. And there's an ecosystem that kind of does it with a wink and a nod. Um, It corrupts the principles. So Sounds like you're going to be writing a new curriculum. (laughs) Thank you. We might be. Sounds like like you got curriculum right there, doesn't it? We have the the bare bones for it. For like, yeah, for- you know, people always ask, like, what are we going to tell our kids? And I th- I, we're actually going to be interviewing someone who's coming up with like a video to show children of some of the things to look for with um, with narcissists. And some of them being like, you know, they, they use the example of a sports coach. Like if you if you're because you, you got boys and they're doing sports. Right. And like, a daughter. Right. OK, sports, girls. Right? Yeah. So anyone, any anyone, of course, yeah. any kids can do sports. But like you have a coach who starts like really taking your kid under their wing, you know, and starts. Oh right? Like love bombing yep. them. And then, and, and they feel like, oh, this is, and you, and you as a mom, as a parent, it's like, oh, this is great. Now I have someone who's really looking after. So well, I'm super skeptical of that person. Right. I'm like, why, right. what, what, what's going on here? Yes. And then the person also, then they do the, um, like breaking them down and, 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 and degrading them or criticizing yep. them and, and, and doing the tough love thing. And they feel like shit. And you know, there's, there's all these steps of like what you can spot and you can teach your kids to look out for this. And, you know, obviously we teach them certain things that are more obvious. Like if someone 
touches you or whatever gives you the no feeling. Like those are, those are really obvious things, but there's oh, other like things. The no feeling. Yeah. That's you, a good, that's a good, that's good verbiage for everybody. The no feeling. If you have the no feeling, that's yeah. the no feeling. Say no. Yeah. And, and tell, wow. and tell someone who's older. And I think that's largely what happens is that they, these predators say to the kids, like, don't tell, like, this is just between us. Let's go get like, and they start it. they groom them with like, let's go get ice cream, but don't tell your mom, you know? So they start that with is. a secret keeping. It's like, I'm going to do this, but like, this is just ours. And then they threaten them. Like, I'm going to hurt somebody if you tell right. them and that kind of thing. So, Oh, collateral. Yeah. Oh my God. It is. So uh, where you have a book, you have a series, you have a podcast, you have like so much going on where if someone's new to, to a little, a little bit culty, where should they start or where should they go or what, what, where do we dive into the, the, from beginning? the beginning from the beginning? I mean, they could go to Spotify or Apple, wherever they listen to podcasts. I do recommend starting from the beginning. And ideally if, if you've never heard the story, I'd watch the vow on HBO or, or, or read my book or listen to my book. It's on audible because it's a lot of what we talk about is sort of on the, on the heels of that. Um, in terms of like, we reference the leadership and some of the people. So it might be more interesting if you have that background, but you could also just jump in and we do podcasts on all sorts of different, you know, uh, religions. We've got one coming on Jehovah's witnesses, the Mormon church, uh, evangelical Christians, Rajneesh, uh, Orthodox Judaism, and we haven't yet touched the government one because it's just yeah. It's funny. My parents have been like, "Please don't do that." Made some <laughs> references, um, just kind of commentating on sides, and some of the comments are like libtards, and I'm like, "I didn't say that." And then someone's like, "Trumper," like we've been uh, both sides have jumped on us, which I yeah. think means that we're doing it right. Yeah, you know? yeah. You yeah, 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 yeah. You, you can't peg us. Yeah. If you can't we, peg us politically, we, it means we're doing some somewhat objectively. I we think. specifically said we're not going to get into politics. We're looking at how the process <laughs> of like, even with what happened in Canada, if I said, if I even questioned, wait, why are we doing this? And people are like, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer or you're anti-government. Or you're like, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm just, just asking, I'm just asking some questions. And I, yeah, and no, I you can't. You can't. And I, and I said to people, like I, I said a number of times, anyone who knows my story I will never be an obedient sheep again, ever. Yeah. And if yeah. you can't respect that, then you like, then you're, you're delusional too. So like, yeah. I just want to know what's going on. Well, yeah, num- just asking a question. You're just curious. Red yeah. flag number one, and, and this is for all your listeners, regardless of your political beliefs. If you want to know who's abusing power, the people you can't question. Huh. There you go. Mm-hmm. And, right. and if, if you're, if you're, if you're labeled something for questioning or you're made to feel bad because you're questioning, if you feel like you can't ask, you can't question something that's, yeah, that's a massive red flag. And, there's, and the, there's ex- a- the extent that it's gotten bad, um, you know, in, in both our countries, you know, us and Canada, um, if people are protesting and they're, and they're exercising their, their rights to protest and they're slandered and given monikers for just exercising their rights, that's pretty fucking scary. And that's the first step for for any hierarchy or whatever to uh, to collapse is if you can't even just go question. And that's where we end the political discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the process is the same. Yeah. What I'm saying is the the yeah, pieces yeah, of no, power right, that go yeah. on, and I that's very it, important. Yeah, no, it. I think I think what you're saying is you should have the ability to ask questions, and that's you know that is that's the fundamental of what every every person should. And I mean, your children, especially, right. Should be able to ask, ask why. And, and I think that's the whole point. So they don't fall into 20 year old 
being yeah. a cult, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you guys, thank you for joining us. Where Can I, can I yeah. share one more red flag for your listeners? Yes. Because yes. I, I was trying to think about like that. I'm imagining the, the demographic that follows you. And I think that, that this is probably the thing that would be most of a challenge for them is some online course or some spiritual leader or somebody they find on Instagram or somebody who's offering something and it looks appealing, like the visuals look nice, you know, and they just, the things I would suggest is like, do a deep dive on their background, you know, and if there's any sort of like scarcity, what we call scarcity mentality, like only three spots left, DM me now, like that kind of thing is a major run. red flag. What? Is that? <laughs> run. Yeah, run. Run. And, there, and, you know, we've done a couple episodes on this about MLMs and how they're basically the same thing as, as cults. So anyone who's trying to sell you something or invite you to come sit down for tea and tell you about their new skincare line, it's just, it's the same structure because there's no, it's, it's an illusion of hope. Like you're going to make a million dollars and like, wow. drive it, you know, so, and it's not possible. It's not possible for everyone to succeed in their skincare and na- all natural, you know, financial <laughs> freedom thing. Like, it's just not, you can't like the top 2% will succeed. And then you'll see pictures of them in Cabo and like their bikini. Unless you're joining life. for the community, right. Where it gives you purpose for the day and you know what you're getting into. If you know, you can make, you know, X amount per well, month. Here, and that feels, here's the thing is none of those things will ever, ever not everybody will be successful. Someone's and getting abused. Somebody's getting abused. And the and all of all of the MLM, there's no, no such thing as an ethical MLM. It's just that it doesn't exist. You, you can find other companies that distribute in a different way. Have but, you guys done a podcast on that? This will be yes. this yes. will be a controversial conversation just yes. because uh, that's where a lot of moms. Oh, I'm sure. To. Well, that's yeah. why I want that's why I wanted to say it because yeah. and, and, and listen, I have a lot of friends who do it. I do. Even after everything I've been through and they're like trying to sell me and you can cut it out. If you, if it's too controversial, no, cut cut it out. No, no, no. I no, no. I'm saying it's, you guys have a a podcast on it where people can listen to it. If they have more, maybe someone's thinking about it. Like, you know, as two people who are not, um, versed in cult like behavior, we don't Mm. like, we, we are, we don't pretend to know what we, we don't, I can't say, Oh yeah, you're so right. All like, all I do know is that for some women, it, it is um, something that gives them purpose and hope and drive, you know, it gives them something to yeah. wake up as a stay at home mom with not a sure. lot of options. Well, that, that's what MLMs are so great at doing. They give, yeah. they give the stay at home mom a, a flexible job and a community and support. All those things are great. That's I mean, I had all those things in Nexium. That's the thing. There's always right. good things. There's always right. good things in all these groups. The point in the message I would say is that you can find those things elsewhere without the deception, because with all MLMs, just with, with cults, as they're saying, here's something really good, but it's actually not. And there's there's a lie there. There's no way for anyone to make that much money and to have everyone on, on their team make that that much money. It's physically and mentally impossible. And that's absolutely I, what I'm trying I to I love expose. this conversation. And I, I think we'll have to do a part two because I want to hear people's feedback of what they sure. say on that topic, because yeah. it would just be so curious to have a more you know, di- like my, like, I don't have enough of an opinion because I have never been in one. So mm-hmm. I have, <laughs> yeah, I have, I've, I've done yeah. a, 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 a we, true we also MLM have, and a cult. We also have two episodes that address it. One with, yeah, the, I was going to say, we'll link, mind it, we'll link Douglas it. books. Yeah. And, yeah. We'll, 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 show it, you. we'll set it for your show. We'll notes, link, but it, it, we'll link yeah. it for our, our people yeah. and in our bio. Oh, your salads <laughs> came. You know how fast this 50 minutes went by? We, I, I, you know what my husband's text? He's like, are you jumping on the parent teacher? Oh shit, you gotta go. No, fuck it. I missed it. Listen, <laughs> how, how, I'd be happy to come back and talk about MLMs and, mm-hmm. and also like break it down I, for your listeners. Cause I, I just want to help. Like, I'm not trying to burst the bubble. I want to no, just get them, no, you know, and they're also adults and it can be their opinion. It can be your, yeah. your, 
it is what you, you know, what you like, if, mm-hmm. if they're get. how do I say this? We really do believe in individual freedom. So if you, mm-hmm. if this is what it jams you right now, maybe it, it needs to hit you in a different time in your life mm-hmm. when you're like, huh, that's a, an interesting viewpoint. I can apply that or no thanks. I like where I'm going, you know? So yeah, that's no, we pride. ran into a guy last summer in Nashville who recognized us and knew our podcast and, um, big fan, <laughs> big fan. And he heard our, he heard our episode on, um, MLMs. And he, yeah. I think he was in one. He was, he, no, he's still, he's very much in one. He's a nice eugenics. Like, yeah. I respectfully disagree. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I but but he loves all our other episodes. But, like, but yeah, okay. that's cool. Like yeah. that, that's why I'm like, it's cool. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about everything and anything. And that's what the beautiful thing about conversation yeah. is. You can have a conversation to hear. Um, you guys have been honestly insightful, open, um, like I think given us a lot to think about and Great. thank you for being so forthcoming with your story in hopes that other people can learn and, and not get into the situation. That's why we do oh, it. Oh, but pleasure. Can I, am I allowed to take a, a picture? Yes. Oh, please, please do. Yes. We're so bad at this. I'm trying to get better. Okay. One, two, three. Look how cute you guys are. <laughs> where, where, can I are see, where can I see your billboard? Oh, it was <laughs> in Times Square. Oh. <laughs> Good for you for manifesting that. Yes, we sure did. Awesome. Thanks for letting me miss my uh, parent-teacher interview. So boring. Anytime Uh, you want to skip it, you just give me a call. Thanks for having us for the great questions. Enjoy your salads, ladies. (laughs) Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.